What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lauda, what do you got? All right, so I believe when Funchy was filling in for Lindsay, I talked about how Kendrick Lamar was going to drop a new album. And yeah, he said, I saw yeah, that. I it came down uh, this past weekend, yeah. Right, he didn't believe it, but you know what? There it is. And he actually dropped a video, a video that a lot of people are talking about because he morphs into different celebrities. And in one of them, he morphed into Will Smith to rap a line that says, hurt people hurt more people. And a lot of people, because he also morphed into... Um, O.J. Simpson, Kanye West, Nipsey Hussle. There's a lot, right, for the song, The part, um, the Hard Part 5. So I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but it's actually really I've not dope. seen the video. Oh, my God, it's I've so good. I will yeah, recommend I it. Fairly certain Cap hasn't seen the video. You know, I actually think the video is spectacular myself. I, really? I've, I've probably watched it. Well, actually, this is a lie. I haven't watched it at all. I know. We know you lie. Not one time. Not one time <laughs> have I seen it. But I really wanted George to think that I'd seen it because he hasn't seen it. And then he kind of went into, I'm fairly certain Cap hasn't seen it. And. I just really wanted to see it and be cool, but I haven't seen it. Well, you guys should. It is actually a really good, really good video. I haven't seen a video this good in a long time. Um, I haven't seen a video in a long time. Well, there, I mean, there is videos out there. It's not like MTV. Yeah, yeah, you just watch them on YouTube and oh, on social. I know, but I just, but I don't really go to YouTube and go, hey, you know, I really want to see that video now. Well, Twitter. Twitter it, puts everything up for me. Uh, yeah. What I, I guess what I would do is, like, if I wanted to see a song or if I wanted to hear a song, I would go onto YouTube in certain instances, and then I would have the video just by virtue of wanting to see the song. But a lot of times when I go to YouTube for songs, I don't know about you guys, but I'll actually put in the name of the song, and then I'll put in the word lyrics. Because rather than watching the music video, I actually want to read the lyrics so that I can sing along. Do you guys do that? I do. I'm not going to say I don't, but with certain artists, I want to see the video because of the creativity. And Kendrick is one of those artists for me. Hey, Cap, did you know that you can do that by if you listen to music on uh, Apple Music, that if you just mm-hmm. press one little button, that the words come up on the screen for you? Yep. Um, he didn't know. Not well, only know. did I not know that, but they don't have that on Pandora, just so you know. No, I don't, by I don't oh, think so. Yeah. That's I why I got to make the switch, Cap. Yeah, I don't think. Just I do it, man. Just do it. Not because, you know, I work over there, too, but just do it. You're telling me that if I'm on Apple Music mm-hmm. and I'm listening to a song. Yep. I can push one button that says lyrics, and then the lyrics pop up, and the video goes away, or just... There's no, I, there's there's no, there's video. no video. It's just you hit the one little button in the corner, and it's just like a different view. Instead of just showing like the, the, the thumbnail or the, the art, art. Yeah, yeah. it shows you the lyrics. And it, yeah. it goes along with the song, you know, like scrolls as you go. By the way, that is news to me, and that is life-changing news. That is what you need to know. Mm-hmm. Big time. That is what you need to know. Right. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. I'm going to watch this video, Kendrick Lamar. (laughs) You should. It's really good. I'm just looking here, and it says uh, hidden meanings behind Kendrick Lamar's The Heart Part 5. Which video should I be looking for, Laura? I mean... Is it the heart part five? That's, that's the video. Yes. That's the video. Okay. <laughs> she just said it. She just said the name of it. I know, but I that mean, was a few seconds ago. Were you not listening ago. to what she just said? Oh, here we go again. Here we go. No, we're not ganging. Go. Okay, look. I'm not no, but it's the, no, 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 no. Wait, wait. What do you mean, here we go again? She literally just said the name of the song like three times. Yeah, but but hold on. I'm not familiar with the song. I wasn't Neither familiar am I, with the video. But I knew what that, that meant the name of the song when she we, said it three times. We, did you say it three times? I did, and then I think Lindsay said it, or Sedano said it another time, yeah. Okay, so so The Heart Part 5. I didn't yeah. catch that as, okay, so that's the name of the song, The Heart Part 5. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go watch this video now. And then I'm going to find out all the hidden meanings in this video. Apparently, there's a, there's lot, a lot of speculation. To it. Yeah, there is, yes. A lot to it here. The Heart Part 5.
Kendra. You know what I got out of that? Hurt people, hurt people. It's one of my favorite quotes because mm-hmm. it's so true. Hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's when mm. you marked into Will Smith. And by the way, you can if you go on YouTube, Cap, you can watch the heart, all the parts, one through five. Oh, you mean there's there's a lead up to five? Yeah. I just thought this was a creative name for a song, the heart part five. I mean, it's a song, but you know, there's the heart part one. If you go to YouTube, there is a one through my five. Coffee up. <laughs> Why? Why? Because I was gonna Everything laugh, and I was like, "Oh, bad. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar. All right, I'm going on YouTube right now. Well, preferably wait until the yeah, show's I was gonna over. Say, oh, yeah, wait I thought you had to show right, okay. or like during right. a break. You, you, it's you know, only like another saying. fifty minutes or just so. Saying. I mean, you can wait. You know, <laughs> you've waited this long. I think you're okay. By the way, here's Kendrick Lamar, the heart part five with the lyrics. Yeah. There you go, Gab. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be learning these lyrics. El nene. That's a good that's a good nickname. El nene. El nene. El nene. I like it. Yeah. It's like passive aggressive yet condescending yet lovingly enough. Yes. It's like all three at the same time. Yeah. What's the uh, proper translation of El nene? El nene is like the child. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, like listen. The, fav- the favorite child. You know that you know that John Ireland is having a competition between me and Steve Mason to find out who's more immature or should it be who's less mature oh um you he's less of an adult you're less mature though you think so <laughs> there's well, a difference even, yes even ramona yeah. was saying like she she was thought they were talking about professionalism and stuff and I, I feel like there's a lot of things where mason just doesn't give a bleep and he knows better he just doesn't care whereas cap i feel like he really just doesn't know better mm-hmm. well i'll just say this i'm a competitive guy yeah. So, so you want to be you want to be less mature? No, I just want to win. I just want to oh. win. So what, whatever it what means, is winning in this scenario? Yeah, I'm not really saying. sure. I don't know. I mean, if you tell me that whoever has more points wins, I'm going to go for more points. No, no, Cap. Sometimes not winning is the best thing. And in this yeah, scenario, yeah. I think okay. not winning is the best thing for you. Okay, so then let me ask you a question. Should mm-hmm. I intentionally tank? I don't know if you'll be able to because yeah. I don't I don't know if you'll know. Yeah, I don't think that's up to you. Yeah, it's a personality test where she's going to ask their, like certain things about how you behave as a person. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if even if you do try and lie, which you've been known to do. No. <laughs> no, you do lie. Like don't out. lie. You just said I lied when you talked about the song, and then I have a drop that says that is a lie. I ain't lying. <laughs> so you're always lying, bro. I'm not and now lie, you're just bro. getting caught. Okay, <laughs> like, do you want to do a test? A test of the maturity test? Like we'll do one online? You mean like I got to go online and fill it out? No, 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 no I'm no. going to ask you the damn questions. Okay, because otherwise I'm not going to do it. But yeah, if you can ask we me some questions. totally do it. <laughs> I mean, prep me up for this so I can either win or lose. Well, that's what we're trying to do. We're Appreciate trying to help that. you out, man. All right, Laura, play some music. Any music. As a matter of fact, why don't you play Kendrick Lamar? Something oh, Kendrick Lamar is fine. Yeah, <laughs> How about, just... like, the Heart Part 5? It's my new favorite song. Oh, geez, yeah, you've never yeah. even heard it yet. Yeah. All right. Anyway. It's a good All song. Right. Let's go. D- that's perfect. Yes. All right. How often do your feelings confuse you? Rarely. I'm at ease with my emotions. Sometimes, but I'm working on it. My feelings always confuse me. Geez, that's a lot to take in right now. <laughs> Give me my answers one more time. Rarely, I'm at ease with my emotions sometimes, but I'm working on it. My feelings always confuse me. Those I'm going to go with three. rarely. Is that the right answer? I don't know what the right answer is. That's fine. Oh, okay, I'm going to go with rarely. Okay. Okay, keep Next going. Next question. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Do you usually regret your emotional reactions? No, I think before reacting. Rarely I'm trying to reduce impulsiveness. Yes, I'm very impulsive. I mean, you're different than the third one. Oh, man. I, 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 I mean, you can say what you want. But right. We all like, know. like, I feel like I probably am the third one, but I also feel like that's probably the wrong answer. No, it's, but it's not about the right or wrong answer. It's who you actually are. Yeah, answer just answer truthfully. truthfully. Yeah. Answer honestly. Not what you want, what you think you want. We want answer like if you were writing the heart part six. Yes, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That, that's a, that's, that's good. Thank you, George. That, that has helped reset me. Okay. The heart part six. Yeah. Yes. You're very impulsive. Let's just answer that one for you. All right. You guys answered for me. All right. Next question. Uh, Next question. <laughs> which one? Just, there's 20 questions here. Which one describes? We gotta go through this faster. Which one describes your actions after making a mistake? I apologize and try to fix it. I confess and apologize right away. I try to explain why I made that mistake. Oh, I know the answer. <laughs> right. That's definitely the third one. <laughs> I'm gonna go with one. No, no way. I'm gonna wait. Now hold on a second here. You guys told <laughs> me to answer should, honestly. We should be taking it for it. you. <laughs> You told me, you guys told me, answer honestly. Now I answer honestly, and you tell me it's the wrong answer. But the answer. three of us are like, you're lying. That's not you. No way, man. He should be taking the test for you. I think that when you take this test, we need to have, like, witnesses in the room. Right. Because that was you the first, not that. That was not apologize and try Where to. Where is your daughter? I mean, who do you try to apologize and fix it with? With Rachel? Because not with us. That was every the time very. We, every time we say that you did something wrong, you immediately explain yourself away. I feel like that was the very first question that i had a definitive and okay. confident right. answer to. okay okay Ooh. fine we'll go with your answer perfect right. example of the not... star wars night thing but okay continue even though it's probably Wait a second, that's a perfect example Lindsay. no the perfect I said example you... is that you you okay you thought that you were right and you sat there and argued and then once you found out you were wrong you tried to you did say okay i was wrong i, I said i stand, I stand corrected, corrected Correct. but the reason why i thought that and you tried to explain away right. why you, you were wrong all right, let's go to the next question. How easy is it for you to apologize even though it's not your fault? Very easy, slightly difficult, or very challenging? <sighs> when it's Gosh, not your fault. So I have to apologize even though it's not my fault. Even though it's not your fault. It's someone is upset with you. Be Rachel, the bigger person. Your, your daughter, your son. I mean, we're never really upset with you. Um, but, like, those people in your life, mm-hmm. if they're just upset, and they're like, Dad, you just made me upset. Or, Scott, you just made me upset. Mm-hmm. Like, whichever one it is, do you just capitulate and just like, all right, fine, I'm sorry? Or do you, like, try to state your case? Okay, give me the answers one more time. Very easy, slightly difficult, or very challenging to apologize even though it's not your fault. I'm going to go with very easy. Okay. I would not. With Rachel, would I feel like that's accurate. What would you guys have gone with Facts. there? The capitulation. Mm-hmm. What kind of listener are you? Active, I engage in the conversation. <laughs> Somewhat active, I try to engage. Passive, I usually just listen. This is definitely not the third one. Please repeat the question, he'll say. What kind of listener are you? That would be funny if you did. I'm going to go with one. Active, I engage in the conversation. You do. That's fair. I'll give you that one. Uh, how often do you flip out? Rarely, I'm usually calm. Sometimes, but I'm working on it. Often, I can't control my rage. You're not a rage person, so I would eliminate the third one. I'm going to go with two. Sometimes. sometimes, but you're rarely, but but sometimes on occasion, I might lose Look at you. All right. Are you able to exclude toxic people from your life? Most of the time? Yes. I try to do so is the second answer. No, I'm stuck with toxic people. Lindsay, what's my answer going to be? I say you're in the middle. 
I mean, after the conversation last week about the guy who hadn't spoken to me for a year, who needed reservations on Mother's Day at 1030 oh, yeah, for three yeah, yeah. people That's at the fanciest point. hotel You're in town. Last one. Last yeah, one. unfortunately, yeah. I, I do a poor job of eliminating toxic people. Uh, okay, so I'm trying to. All right, let me see. How many more do we have? We're going to do a little halftime during the break. we got two more, and then we're going to take a break. And then we'll just do some during the break and finish it up in, <laughs> on, on the other side. There's too many questions. How much attention is enough attention in a romantic relationship? It depends. I don't know. Full and unconditional attention. It depends. Okay. Uh, one more. How frank and unfiltered are you? Not at all. I'm very considerate. <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> have more filters. You could even finish the no. question. No filters. I'm very frank and outspoken. It's yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah yep. No filters. We're going to take a break. We're going to continue this test during the break and then have more of the re- have the results in, ideally on the other side. So we'll take a break. Plus, coming up, I didn't get to the Lakers coaching search. Uh, this thing has taken an interesting twist, and I actually think a positive one. Uh, yes, I know. You heard me say something positive about the Lakers. I know people get uh, – don't believe I can do that. We'll have that next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Bailamos! Let the rhythm take you over by la mos. Te quiero. By la mos. Come on, Cap. I can see you. Uh, I feel off like the sometimes. Coast of Cabo on some yacht listening to this song. Uh, but I feel like sometimes you got to know when to lay out. With the, uh, with the whales in the background? Yeah. The orcas. Yeah, the yep. orcas. The fake orcas. Photoshopped. You know, it's a lot of, it's funny, George, people still talk to me about that. They're like, I really thought that was Photoshopped. And then I watched your video and I'm like, there's no way he could possibly do this. Just a lucky picture. That's all I can tell you. So we finished your maturity test. Do you want to know what it says? Wait, yeah, Yeah. I am curious what the results are. It says you are a mature person. You seem to be at ease with your emotions. You can identify your genuine emotions despite them showing up on various faces. And that is an undeniable sign of maturity. You also have healthy boundaries, keeping toxic people away from your life. But most important thing is that you dare to own up to your mistakes. Plus, you do not deny that you are emotionally vulnerable. See, I feel like this would have changed if we would have gotten that one question that Lindsay and I and Laura pushed back on. But it's fine. Might have been a different result. Yeah. Well, I think that's a bad test for me to take. Um, Too positive, you know, coming out of it. So... I hope that uh, John Ireland can come up with a uh, a different kind of test for me and Steve Mason to find out ultimately who is less mature or who's more immature. I'm not really sure if there's a nuance between the two or what the language says should be the right way of saying it. But that all together, we are going to have a test of of maturity between me and Mason. Who do you think who do you think's going to win? Um, I think Mason is going to win. Okay. Okay. I agree. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think Mason, Lindsay had the right point earlier. He just doesn't care about certain <laughs> things. Like he, he definitely knows better in a lot of the things that, you know, like he knows Correct. better than to yeah. do the, the, the shirtless interview with Kevin Demoff from the Rams. Like he knows better, but he just doesn't care. Yeah. 
Hmm. All right. All right. Well, we're going to find out ultimately. You I think don't there's. Win that. I don't think you would do. Yeah. I mean, you think I should just like put down my competitive spirit and not try and win that? I I don't know. I just feel like you don't want to win that. One. Like anything else but that. Okay. I want to win a bunch of Mandy awards, though. I'll tell you that right now. And and mostly mostly because I know Steve wants to win them all. Knowing that Mason wants to win all the Mandy awards makes me want to win some Mandy's. And, and by if the you way, want to vote for the Mandy awards. Go to seven ten awards dot net and make sure you uh, you uh, I've subscribed. Well, you should subscribe to our podcast wherever you find your podcast. But you should also download our app. Speaking of podcasts, you can find it there. You don't need to go anywhere else. Just go to your app store and download the ESPN LA app and you can listen live you can listen to all the podcasts you can do all the contesting there you got a lot of stuff going on there in the yeah app. and it's free yeah and it's good it's really good it's a great app you know what's good tell me the fact that the lakers are thinking about an offensive coach they interviewed terry stotts this weekend and if you're going to keep russell westbrook scott kaplan you better get somebody who knows offense because you know for as great as frank was defensively and i think frank's a good coach I think most guys that have played for Frank like him. Uh, Russ is probably not one of them, is my guess. <laughs> but I, I think Terry is more of an offensive guy, right? He Because he's more of an offensive guy, I think that that's what this team needs at this particular moment. Are you, you saying think? that – let me ask you a question. Are you saying that – let's just assume for a moment that Terry Stotts – who has a, a a resume that says he's an offensive-minded coach, Correct. has this exact same roster next year and everybody's healthy, okay? Are you saying that to win games, you're going to try and score like 140 points a night and you're going to try and outscore everybody rather than defend? Uh, yeah, I'm saying that if the roster is similar, that you're probably going to have to do that. Yeah, you're probably going to have to outscore teams. See, that's because when you said it, that you thought that they should be going for an offensive-minded coach, I thought that sounded kind of counterintuitive because they could, I mean, they were decent offensively, at least LeBron was really good, but everybody stunk defensively. So I would have thought that you were going to say they need more of a defensive-minded coach to teach defensive philosophy. Um, But I think what's interesting about what you're saying is no, no, better defense is more offense. If I hear what Correct. you're saying rightly at yeah. this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At this point, because I don't, I mean, I'd have to look at what you have on the Lakers salary cap. Let me look at the roster makeup here. By the way, I just said the word rightly. I don't really know where that came from in my vocabulary, yeah. but I was like, if I understand you rightly, not if I understand you correctly, correctly. Yeah. if I understand what you're saying, if I understand yeah. you exactly, yeah. if I understand you rightly, so let me look at this. Now, I don't know how accurate this particular thing on the Internet is, but clearly we know that Russ is under contract. LeBron is under contract. Anthony Davis is under contract. Taylor Horton Tucker is under contract. Kendrick Nunn. Uh, I believe Stanley Johnson is probably going to be – they can pick up uh, his, his deal for next year, if I recall correctly, or if they haven't already. And then Wenyon Gabriel has a team option. Okay. Now, the last two guys defend oh, – Austin Reeves, right? I, I believe they can they, – you know, they'll have Austin Reeves too. So those three guys that the you know at the bottom of the roster can defend. Uh, Kendrick Nunn is not a defender; he's a scorer. Uh, Taylor Horn Tucker, I think, can be a good defender. I just don't know if I'm confident of that just yet. Uh, Anthony Davis, obviously, when healthy, is a good defender. I think LeBron at this stage is going to have to pick and choose when he plays defense at 37, going on 38. And I would not be you know 
I'd be okay with that because I kind of understand, you know, the man's almost 40, right? Like, you got to save, conserve some energy somewhere. And I think you're getting, not, you're getting better LeBron on offense than you will on defense anyway. Yeah. Um, and I think LeBron, if they made the playoffs, would defend at a high level still. Uh, and then Russ is not a defender. So it just depends on what the rest of that roster looks like because I just named five, six, seven guys, and you got to fill out a roster still. There's nine more spots to go. But, yeah, like I, I think with, with the guys that are there that, you know, there, there's a lot of offense there. Like you can you can create a good offense for sure. Well, um, I think that scoring is the most exciting part of the game. Uh, Three-point shots, dunks. Uh, the, the more scoring, the better. So if you're telling me that a offensive-minded coach with the same roster of players who would much rather play offense than defense and outscoring everybody is how you win games, um, as somebody who likes a lot of well, scoring... Well, no, no. I, I think to win a championship, you still need to play defense. But I think that you can, you can create... Like, Terry Stotts could hire a defensive coordinator type, basically and have someone that he trusts to help install a defense. But I, I think that – and they're going to need guys that can defend if they want to win a championship, if that's their goal. I, I would agree with that. But I, I think that initially, if you're starting five or your or five of your top seven rotation guys are going to be Russ, LeBron, Taylor Horn, Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, and Anthony Davis, then if those are five of your top seven or eight rotation guys – you have more offensive guys there than defensive guys at this stage. So you right. should probably have an offensive-minded coach. Okay. You have, you have made a compelling case for Terry Stotts. Um, I would say this. The average guy driving around right now, what do you know about Terry Stotts? In other words, if the Lakers hired Terry Stotts, would you go, oh, 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 oh wait a second no. now? No, but you didn't do that with Frank Vogel either. And it I understand that. that. And, and so that's what I'm getting at. Like, You'd have to learn who he is, where he coached, who he coached, how he coaches. I mean, there's a lot that you'd, you'd okay, have to, like, he, he learn. Know, he, he learned under Rick Carlisle, mostly. Okay. Okay. Rick Carlisle's a great coach. He was on that championship team that beat LeBron in the finals. He was on that staff. He was an assistant on that staff. Um, and then he had a great, uh, I thought, a very good run with the, with the Blazers. He got the team to a conference finals. Um, they had, the, every year people thought that they were not going to be very good, and they were always in the playoffs. So, and look, that team was flawed. It was built flawed. There's no doubt. And I'm not saying this team is not built flawed, but, you know, there's still a lot of players that could be added to this team to reduce some of those potential flaws. So I think you could do way worse than Terry Stotts. I like Terry Stotts as a head coach. I think Terry Stotts is a good offensive guy, and I think Terry Stotts is a good guy, right? I think he checks all those boxes to me. And he's not the sexiest name by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but he is absolutely a good offensive coach, and he has proven to be a good head coach and a guy that a superstar in Damian Lillard trusted. Okay, let me ask you this question. You ready? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Terry Stotts gets hired. Nobody even asks LeBron. Nobody asks AD. Nobody asks Clutch Sports. The Lakers make a unilateral decision. We are hiring our next coach. We don't care who likes it or who doesn't like it. We're doing what's best for us. Okay, can we, can we start with that premise? Sure. Terry Stotts walks into the locker room. LeBron's sitting here. AD sitting here. Russ is sitting over here. Those are the three personalities I got to think about. Mm -hmm. What do those three guys look at me? I'm Terry Stotts. What do they see? What do they know? They know that I coached some teams that scored a lot of points in Portland. 
Okay? What else do they know about me? Do they respect me when I walk through the door? Do they look at me and go, this guy knows what's going on in this league. This guy understands players. This guy knows how to win a championship. Like, I know when he walks in the room, Terry Stotts, that's a guy I trust. That's a guy I believe in. Uh, I think they look at him as a guy that has that there's a, a modicum of of, su- of of success, right? Kind of like Frank. There is a level of success that you have to respect, and the fact that he's coached superstars like Dame and Lamarcus Aldridge when Lamarcus was there in in his career. Um, so he's coached a guard that's one of the better guards in the NBA, one of the top seventy five players of all time, and another multiple multiple time All Star uh, big man in Lamarcus Aldridge. So. He and he clearly is a guy who understands offense. So I am that, so glad that, you said though, like Frank, because to me that's exactly what I was thinking. That these guys would he, would see Terry Stotts and they go, Phew. they got the next Frank Vogel here, didn't they? Yeah, I think they're I you know I think they're very similar demeanor wise, and I except you know the difference is their specialties. One is a defensive guy and one is an offensive guy. And by the way, that's not to say that they don't know the other side. You know what I mean? That, but they are elite at one end, for sure. I, George, I hear what you're saying. You know, you, you, you respect the guy. Um, he's had, as you said, a modicum of success. I think Terry Stotts walks into the Laker locker room as it's currently configured, and everybody there laughs. Oh, no, I, that, that's ridiculous. I don't think everybody laughs. Like, no, that's not true. I think they're just like they, you know, maybe they're that he's not the name because he's not the sexiest name that they they don't like sit there and go, wow, we got Terry Stotts, you know. But laughs, no, I I think there's definitely a happy medium in there. Yeah, well, I think that the the Lakers need to hire somebody that makes everybody go, whoa, yeah, good I don't think hire. That's gonna happen. I don't think that. I, the, I mean, maybe this I'm is wrong. a guy I can believe in. I I can believe in this guy right here. I mean, look, I'd like to hire Darvin Ham too, but I've never seen him as a head coach. So I think there's that too. Uh, all right, we, let's get back to this at 640 because we've got Big Deal or No Deal next in two minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thank you, Christopher. All right, Linz, what do you got? All right, so on Sunday, the first ever F1 Miami Grand Prix took place. Did you guys watch the race at all? I, I, I will tell you guys, I made it a point to sit down and watch it. Yes. Did you like it? I loved it. Awesome. Well, anyway, it was a big event. I did, event. too. It was pretty cool. I yeah. Thought. It, it was a big event with a lot of celebrities. I don't know. You know, I wasn't planning on watching it, but then, you know, this thing went viral on Twitter. So, of course, I had to turn it on. So there was a lot of celebrities there. And before the race, Sky Sports reporter Martin Brundle entered what they call the gridwalk, where everybody with a pass gathers on the track before the starting gun goes off. And Brundle wanted to chat with all of these celebs, which got super awkward when he approached someone who he thought was Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Here is what it sounded like. This is crazy. I've never been to an F1 race. This is this is spectacular. It's amazing to be allowed right in the middle of the competitors just before the race starts. Yeah, now you can see they're locked in. It reminds me of myself. But uh, the real focus. Okay, it's not Patrick. That's why he ignored me in the beginning. But what is your name, sir? 
Paolo, Bancaro. Right, okay. Well, I thought I was talking to somebody else. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, Duke basketball player, not Patrick Mahomes. So this was one of a couple awkward interviews that Brundle encountered. Did you think that the awkward awkwardness that he had, a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Um, yeah, I thought it was a, a big deal, but in like a funny way. And it just goes to show you how um, F1 and Sky Sports doing those broadcasts are like, you know, they don't know. We, we live in this bubble that like American sports are like the sports everyone watches when mm-hmm. that's always not that's not the case. Clearly, mm-hmm. you know. I'm going to go the opposite direction and say no deal for a very similar reason that it was funny and in some ways kind of cute and self-deprecating because the story on this guy is, I don't know if you guys know this or not, I didn't, I had to do some research. This Google thing actually works. He does this for every F1 race, but he doesn't walk around talking to celebrities because in Europe it's not a celebrity-driven thing. He talks to team owners, to pit crew chiefs, to drivers Former themselves. race car drivers, yeah. Yeah, so, so for him... He's like out there by himself trying to do like this celebrity thing, but he doesn't know who anybody is. And he thought this kid looked like Patrick Mahomes, and maybe he does, but he's about eight inches taller than Patrick Mahomes. Oh, it was too funny. He was trying. He was trying so hard. He he talked to. uh, He tried to get. Was it Serena or Venus Williams? And he was like, hello, hello. Everyone started crowding around her, and he was just like, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> he ended up getting uh, David Beckham, and he was like, oh, he us- he said something like, he usually shoes me away, and he got him to talk for like two seconds. It was very, it was weird. It was like a train wreck. I couldn't stop watching. Dude, how about the, I don't know if you guys saw the post-race interviews with the guy, I think his name is like Willie T. Ribs or something like that, and um, and he's like this old man talking to these young kids like he's their grandfather, and every question's like, so about the tires today and about the chassis on the track, let me hear it. I was like, dude, you're like deep inside the mechanics of the car. Like, I'm watching for the first time. Can you talk about something I might understand? Anyway, that's I liked not, it. That's not what Willie T-Ribs knows about, though. I don't know. I liked it, though. I enjoyed the whole presentation. <laughs> it was funny, and I feel like they need to make this a thing moving forward. Like, having him go to the Super Bowl or something and just interviewing people who has no clue who they are. I think it would be a good bit. Yeah, it'd be funny. George, you see the end of it when they uh, they gave away the awards and Dan Marino, in front of the Dan Marino statue, gave away the, the winner award and how cool it was the way they were all spraying champagne and the confetti was flying. Like, it really, really made for great TV, in my opinion. Yeah. I thought- no, I agree. I thought they did a great job as far as, like, the aesthetics of it. There's no right. doubt. Right. Dan Marino looked good, too. Like, I mean, like, that guy was, like, ripped. Good, though. Uh, Dan Marino is a good-looking man. Yeah. Far from ripped, though I can tell you well, that. I mean, he he just looks very, he looks very. He still insane. looks in pretty good shape together. for a guy in his sixties. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's sixty yeah. years old exactly. As a matter man. of fact, someone who's not in great shape. No offense, Mike Leach. He offered a suggestion for the college football playoff following the Kentucky Derby. So, as we all know, the eighty to one long shot Rich Strike took home the first place honors at the Derby, and the upset victory was used as an example by Mike Leach in his push for expansion in college football's postseason. He tweeted out, quote, that horse winning the Kentucky Derby today is a good example of why an expanded college football playoff is needed. That horse hadn't won all the races leading up, but it got its chance. And that's what happened. Hmm. Mike Leach actually making some sense there. Is what he said a big deal or no deal, Cap? Let's say no deal. Um, We get it. We all understand it. Um, Sometimes long shots come in. Sometimes upsets happen. And that's why they play the games. We get it. 
Mike Leach isn't telling me anything I don't know, so I'm going no deal. Yeah, I'm going no deal as well. I don't feel like Mike Leach is doing anything revelatory either. So, Did you say revelatory? Revela- revelatory. Great word. Great word. I wish really I... nice job. Really, really well done. I wish I had Mike Leach saying that because I just love to hear Mike Leach quotes because he's just so funny. Funny guy. Relevatory. Gosh, darn, that's a good word. I'm going to use that. You should use that. Put that in your vocab. All right, last one here. Glaber Torres lifted the Yankees to a thrilling victory on Sunday over the Texas Rangers with a walk-off home run to right field. After the game, Rangers manager Chris Woodward took aim at Yankee Stadium's short porch, saying, quote, small ballpark, that's an easy out in 99% of the ballparks. Torres just happened to hit it in a little league ballpark to right field. And the Yankees and their fans... Kind of got all up in arms about this. It was a big deal on social media. People were blowing up about it. Is what Chris Woodward said a big deal or no deal, Sedano? We did this in Around the Horn today. It's uh, it's actually no deal because he sounds like someone who's just uneducated about ballparks, number one. Um, the home run that he's complaining about, two of his teammates hit home runs in that game that were shorter on the right field porch than the one he's complaining about in the same game. And then that he said that it would, wouldn't be a home run in 99% of the ballparks. It would literally have been a home run in his home ballpark. So it's just the whole thing is silly, I think. I'm going to go no deal also, but here's why. I don't know if you guys have noticed this while watching games this year. The number of times you think a ball is going out and it doesn't go out because and the players are all complaining about the ball, the actual ball itself. And it's surprising to me that a baseball isn't just a standardized thing, generationally speaking. Like, why isn't the baseball the same it's always been? And so I feel like a lot of hitters look at putting the bat on the ball and thinking the ball's out and it's not out. And I feel like a lot of teams have thought that home runs were going... Bottom line is this. The ball's not right. Something's not right with it. And so for this guy to complain about the short porch rather than be talking about the balls, I don't know, man. To me, he hit a soft ball out of that ballpark. So I'm saying no deal, even though I just talked in a lot of circles. No deal. Got it. I, I mean, I will say, I remember as somebody who grew up, I don't know, so many miles from where they made the Wilson footballs, like their factory is in like Columbus or near Columbus, something like that in Ohio. I remember every year around like Super Bowl time, everyone would do like the the local news piece about where they make the, the footballs, especially for the Super Bowl. And I feel like, shouldn't they be doing that with the baseballs? Like, isn't there just one place that makes all the baseballs? Why are they made like any different? Why why are they not yeah, identical? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's I, don't, I don't get it either, but it, it is. Aren't ideal. Major League Baseballs all Rawlings? Isn't that the brand? Like, yeah, but they're made differently. Yeah, like I don't understand. Purpose. I mean, I, yeah, I got. I I don't understand how a Spalding basketball, a Wilson football, and a Rawlings baseball are all are not just completely standardized. They don't change the NFL football every year. I don't get it. Yeah, well, in baseball, they've had some issues with that. All right, Linz, where are we going from here? That's it for big deal or no deal today. That's it, huh? All right. Well, that's a big deal. Hey, George, in this uh, big deal or no deal, uh, Lindsey talked about Mike Leach and college football and giving everybody a shot because you never know when an 80-to-1 long shot is going to come in. Um, You said something earlier today about college football and about, I think you were going down the road of NIL issues. Does that sound familiar to you? 
Yes. So and I was curious to hear what you were going to say, but then we got so off on some other tangent. The NCAA has this thing where they are putting down new rules for NIL, right? And it's all this stuff about boosters not being allowed to do stuff. And it's just like, dude, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. <laughs> like, first of all, how are you enforcing this, number one? How, you know, what kind of subjectivity is there to that? And the other part of it is like, how do you know what's a legit business or not? Like, who's going to be policing this thing? They don't have – clearly what we've learned over the last decade is that the NCAA doesn't have enough people to police this stuff, even if they wanted to. So I just think all of it is just stupid. It's for show. I actually think what's going to end up happening is you're pushing this along this road where eventually there's going to be just one massive super college football league. And there's going to be like 32 teams, and they'll be like – you know, six teams in four divisions, and they'll just play it out like that, and they'll be spread all across the country. You'll have, like, USC and Oregon and Alabama and, you know, Miami and uh, whatever, like teams from the – certain teams in the – Texas, Oklahoma, right? Like, you'll have these 32 teams that'll battle it out, and that will be it, and they're not even going to need the NCAA. Like, eventually, that's where this is headed. Well, I think this – clearly what's happened is I love your analogy of putting the toothpaste back in the tooth thing uh the two the two thing yeah the tube. yeah because because george let me tell you something the visual on that i was thinking to myself like how could i possibly put it back in like it's out so you can't that's the problem you know it doesn't go back in but you know what's happened here is that once this nil thing happened and once this transfer portal thing happened guess who lost all control the ncaa yeah they have been in such control it's been like this like this communist kind of thing where they're in total control of everybody and they've lost all control because even though it's an nil name imaging and licensing deal really what it comes down to is we're finally paying the players and rich boosters can pay the players and you know what they can say oh yeah they work for our company they're now an nil person and so that's what it's come down to finally the players are going to be paid by the rich boosters Right. It, it was happening. Over the, bo- over the board, basically, as opposed yeah. to under the table. Yeah. Right. Right. And the, and the NCAA doesn't like it. They've lost control. And that's what's happened here. Toothpaste ain't going back in the, in the tube. No, no chance. By the way, speaking of toothbrushes and toothpaste, let me ask you a question. How often do you change your toothbrush? Uh, once the bristles start to kind of get a little, like, you know, like pushed out. You know what I mean? How many toothbrushes do you think you use in a year? No, man, I haven't really thought about it. You know, a couple, three, four, I don't know. Okay, it's, a, it's an important question because my bristles have all of a sudden, like you said, kind of gone outwards. And I said to, to Rachel, I said, I need to go to Costco and get some toothbrushes. She said, why can't you go to Vons and buy a toothbrush? I'm like, well, first of all, I got all my kids in, at home all summer long, so that's a lot of people. And I just feel like I need to change my toothbrush more frequently. I feel like when I'm brushing my teeth right now, there's something in the bristles that I can't see that's like an old piece of food that every time I brush my teeth, it like... It's like a rock in your shoe. You know what I'm saying? So why do you always need to go extra, bro? <laughs> is that really why, extra? Why don't yes. you just floss? No, I floss all there. the time, dude. I, yes. I love to floss. Okay. Once a month. Once did, a month. Did you ever buy that, that water pick? I didn't buy the water pick, but I did buy the floss pick thingies. You Ooh. know, so they're so it's not like the, you're doing it with two hands. You know, it's like the one little yeah. pick, and it's got the little those teeny tiny. Those are for tiny. like on the go, though. Those aren't meant for like everyday use. You're supposed to use the actual floss because those don't get everywhere. Oh, really? Yes. And and wait, and Laura, you say you're supposed to change your toothbrush out once a month? Once a month. 
Yeah, I, I don't do that. It may be like me like once every like two or three months. Yeah, I have, I gotta, I have I the electric one, and you know how like Costco has the Phillips? Yeah, they do like, uh, yeah, they do like, they come in like packs of like mm-hmm. five or six, right? My dentist said once a month, so I oh. do it. I like maybe go like a month and a half, but yeah, because they're not cheap. But yeah, once a month is supposed to be, if you have those or like a toothbrush, yeah. it's once a month. I yeah, like Cappy, I don't need toothbrush in a long time. You let us go on this tangent for a little too long because we're up against the break and the boss oh. has a new clock and we need to follow it, okay? Yeah. So we can talk about your tooth issues on the other side. We're back in two minutes. I love Lion yeah. Energy Tuesday. You don't like this song, though. You're like whatever to it. I'm saying that I like the earlier Billy Joel better than I like the middle of the like MTV poppy stuff. I'm more into the old school Billy Joel. Bring world. Do you like telling people about places you've been to? I feel like you're that kind of guy. Like if someone tells you, hey, I've, I'm going to Hawaii for the first time and you've been there, like you're going to, you're good with giving people like a laundry list of things to do there or no, am I, do I have that mistaken? No, I think that's actually a pretty good description. I'll give you an example. Um, our man Bergman said, Hey, I want to bring my girlfriend on a little weekend getaway in San Diego. I'm thinking about San Diego. He goes, what would you think? Where would you go? What hotel would you stay at? What restaurants would you go to? What might, what activities might you do? And if you've ever been on an airplane where, like, you're reading, like, the magazine from the airplane because you're so bored that you're actually picking up the magazine. And I'm not talking about the Sky Mall, which is also fascinating. I'm talking about the actual magazine. There's always, like, an article, like, three days in Los Angeles with George Sedano. And then it's you taking people through what you would do for three days if you had three days in L.A. So, yeah, I like to, to give people advice if they're going places I've been. Good. I'm just asking, just curious. Curious. uh, I'm just only saying that because a buddy of mine just went to Hawaii for the first time, and he was just Mm -hmm. texting me a second ago. Um, And they're in Maui, so I was telling him places to go. Like, he told me where he was staying, and I'm like, oh, there's like a bunch of cool little spots right by you. But I was curious. I felt like you were that guy, but I needed to know if you were that guy. See, I just called you that guy, and you didn't get offended by it this time. No, I just, I don't like it when people call me that guy, but as Mason has pointed out to me, it's okay to be that guy. I just have an issue with people calling me or anybody that guy. Because I feel like it's too easy to call somebody that guy. But you're that guy in a good way now. See? Yeah, even when it's good, I don't like it. You took the negative connotation before. Probably so. Probably so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's revelatory. Hey, don't use that word again until I get a chance to use it, please. (laughs) Relevatory. So let's finish up the NIL conversation. Yeah, I just feel like the NCAA is really just, God, they're just like mall cops to me. Um, I understand. I do. I think, look, a lot of old school people don't love the NIL. They don't love the transfer portal. Or, 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 or this. I saw Dennis Dodd at CBSSports.com write a story. Um, and this is off the heels of everybody writing stories last week about USC and the wide receiver from Pitt that we talked mm-hmm. about last week. Right. And by the way, I've still never really seen official confirmation on what happened with that kid. Have you? Uh, I have not. Yeah. I mean, I thought like it was a done deal. He's going to USC. And he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be neighbors with Lincoln Riley, and I haven't okay. I haven't seen like official confirmation on that. Maybe he is or maybe he isn't. But anyway, everyone is writing a think piece about that, right? Because it's USC, okay. Mm-hmm. And today, Dennis Dodd at CBS wrote, uh, "One anonymous AD is basically complaining about NIL in Miami," and it's like, so last week it was USC, this week it's Miami, and it's what I told you: these small schools 
are so threatened by those two schools because they're in huge metropolises. So because of that, they know that the NIL money is going to be easier to come by in those cities because there's just more people with big bucks. Well, listen, this is why I'm going to say this, and I know a lot of people aren't going to like it, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm not going to be patient in the slightest bit with USC. I expect USC to be a national power player immediately. Okay? I, I Listen, to say that I expect them to win a national championship this year, a little far-fetched. Expect them to start making noise this year and within two to three years be playing in the playoff? Um, if my expectations are too high, you'll have to excuse me. But you got the coach, you got the quarterback, you got the community that has the money, and that's what it takes to get the best players. So if that's going to work, then I expect immediate results. Now, Lindsay, what is it? What are the odds at USC to win the Pac-12? Uh, two to one. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. That online. That makes okay. sense. Now, Oregon is going to have, I think, potentially, potentially, better, a better overall roster, but they have a first-time head coach. So that's a big thing for me. Like, yeah, Oregon may have good players because Cristobal was there for three years and got really good players for them, and they're going to be able to kind of feed off of that for a little while. But a first-time head coach scares me a little bit, especially going up against Lincoln Riley. And Lincoln Riley's got his quarterback. That defense at USC still needs some help in my estimation. But I, I too, believe, Cap, that there is a chance to win the Pac-12. Yes. You think a school like Oregon, and I'm going to give you a couple of examples, you think Oregon is going to be able to maintain what their their program has been through this world of NIL? Because you're talking about USC and Miami well, as being... because of Nike, you're saying? Right. Yeah. Do you think so? I mean, it's possible. I think the problem with Oregon is less about that and more about getting kids to go to Oregon. <laughs> and that's why, you know, Chip Kelly built a team... Um, that, you know, when Chip Kelly was, you know, people say now that he doesn't love the recruiting aspect. I don't know. I don't know Chip Kelly like that, so I can't say yes or no. I'm just telling you what um, people who cover the sports say, right? Not me, because I don't know. Um, so I'm not saying that, Chip, if you're listening. Or Martin. What do you mean, uh, if the, he's listening? They're both listening. Yeah. Guaranteed. Uh, so anyway, the um, but he built something that was pretty awesome there, right? Fair to say. And then Mark Helford came, and then for a little bit, it looked like he could carry it. But then we realized very quickly, oh, no, he can't. And then they went Willie Taggart. That was only like a year. But Taggart brought in Cristobal to be his uh, associate head coach. And then Cristobal took it over. They won two Pac-12 titles. Um, so, And he recruited a bunch of monsters from all over the country uh, and basically turned them into an SEC-style school with the type of roster that they had. He just wasn't able to finish the deal because he ended up leaving to go to his alma mater. But I guess my question my, – yes, they have the, the, the money and the facilities and all that stuff, but do they have the right guy in charge to make that work? Is not my really question. sure. I don't know the answer not, to that. Not really sure about their coach, but here's what I do know. Yeah. Uh, Phil Knight can give every player who comes to Oregon uh, an NIL deal, and, and that – that money, the Nike money, could keep Oregon nationally relevatory. No, relevant. I know. I was trying to somehow work in relevatory. <laughs> trying, trying really his, hard. His word was meant like part of a, like a, a revelation, right? Yes. And, and you're talking about relevant. Two then totally wh different then why isn't it revelatory? It's revelatory. That's what he said. That's what I said. So then I just made up relevatory? Yes. 
That's a pretty good word, though, don't you think? Relevatory versus revelatory. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Okay. Now, now listen, let me throw another one at you. You ready for this? Throw one. Throw one at me, Cap. Okay. If Nike is the school of Oregon, uh-huh. then Maryland is the school of Under Armour. Correct. Now, you and I probably don't think of Maryland as being any kind of a powerhouse, do we? No. Right. But could Under Armour start spending so much money on NIL deals that all of a sudden Maryland becomes rev... Revel... Relevant. <laughs> right. Not relevatory. What do you think? Uh, Schools I mean, have... I've been Listen, I've been hearing that for almost a decade, man. That's hasn't happened, has it? No. But now, it's not like, hey, we just sponsor their uniforms. Now it's, we freaking pay the players. Maybe. Just thinking about other schools other than USC or Miami. Tua's, have... kid, Tua's kid brother goes there. To Maryland, right. Yeah. yeah. Just thinking about other schools that maybe don't have the market size and maybe don't have the tradition, the college football tradition of a USC or Miami, but maybe have a big company with an owner who's really close to the the school and the program that can, rather than just sponsoring uniforms and doing deals with the school, can pump enough money into the locker room. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I'll tell you this. Ultimately, kids are going to want to be somewhere cool. And if I had my choice, and this is me, like if I had my choice, I'd much rather be in L.A. or Miami than I would be in Tuscaloosa. Um, I don't know about that. What? Really? Here's why. You'd rather be in Tuscaloosa? If, if all things were equal, you'd rather be in Tuscaloosa, Alabama? No, if all things were equal, but they're not. Right, but eventually this is the great equalizer. Is my is Why, why do you think Nick Saban is complaining about NIL? Um, because he's probably been paying kids for all these years and getting away with it. And now well, I don't know if he has it. or hasn't, but perhaps that is an e- that's an assumption many would make. Um, and by by, in regards to a lot of programs. But what I would say is there's just more wealth. I understand in what big I'm getting cities. at. What I'm yeah. getting at is is if you go to Miami or USC, you know, there's not an on-campus stadium. There's not like this crazy Saturday. Well, kids. USC. I mean, the Coliseum is right there. No, I got it, but it's it's not. It's not like it is at Alabama, you know, or at Clemson, or at you know the, the Penn State or Notre Dame. So I'm just saying I I don't know for sure if the Miami thing means more to me than the crowd that shows up at in in Alabama versus the crowd that shows up in Miami. Or listen, I expect again, I expect USC to be competing immediately. Right. I expect ninety thousand people to be in the Coliseum on Saturday. All right, we gotta go, bro. Save it for mañana, bro. There's four more days left in the week, okay? All right, all right. All right. Good job, Cappy. Great job, Lindsay and Laura. We'll talk to you mañana. See ya.